This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> one of Amva's annual education programs, the Amva Leadership Academy. And we just graduated our class of 2022. And to talk to us about the experience is one of our graduates, Madison Lumpkin from the Maryland Motor Vehicle Administration. Madison, welcome to your first appearance on the Amvacast. And thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part this week. So uh, we all know, all our listeners know that I live in Maryland. I'm a customer of Maryland, but that's just a coincidence. That is not the reason you're the only graduate being <laughs> featured. Um, it, it just so happened to work that you were able to spend a few minutes to, to talk to me today. Um, so we, I mentioned it's the class of 2022, but you are supposed to be the class of 2020. So you've been you've been waiting for this for a little while. Uh, before I ask you whether it lived up to the expectations, I want you to take me back to fall of 2019, which is when you're writing the application to be in the Anvil Leadership Academy. Why? How does it hit your radar? How does it cross your desk? And just giving the answer, Chrissy told me I should go and do this. Everybody knows Chrissy. That's not going to work. Tell us why you wanted to be in the Leadership Academy. Um, really good question, Ian. And really kind of two main things stood out for me. Um, one, at Maryland, we had two graduates or prior graduates from the Academy. Um, our IT Director, Nagash, as well as our Director of Field Operations, Rashad. And so both had very positive things that they've shared and stated um, about attending the academy. But from a personal perspective, it was really about just furthering my leadership, furthering my leadership brand, um, further defining what that brand is. And it was really around how can I get some tools to enhance how I show up daily to work um, from that leadership perspective and that leadership arena. And so when kind of reading about what the academy was going to offer, um, I really felt, you know, if I was fortunate enough to be selected, that I would walk away with some really good tangible things that I, one, could learn, but also that I can enhance and build upon that just allow me to be a better leader for our organization. Mm. And then as you then unexpectedly waited for <laughs> then two, two and a half years, did what you were hoping to get out of the academy change over that course of time? Did it have any different context? Did the, the two years of the shared global experience of the pandemic, how did that shift what maybe you needed as a leader that maybe you didn't in 2019? Um, to be honest, at some points, I wondered would the academy occur uh, <laughs> went through the pandemic. Um, but really um, getting close to showing up for the academy this year i really wanted some things around kind of the virtual arena mm. i think a lot of leaders we find ourselves in that new gray area how do you lead when you may have some of your staff virtually 100 percent of the time some may be virtually you know a hybrid percent of the time what does that look like in today's environment from a leadership perspective mm. how do you still have that level of engagement how do you still gain that level of buy-in that level of participation um, so i was hoping the academy would take something um, from that arena to kind of introduce us to. And lo and behold, I think day one, 
um, we kind of showed up into that. And so I was yeah. very excited to see that piece of it. So let's talk about the experience of being in, in the Leadership Academy. I'm not going to ask you to certainly go through each course and, and class. It's a for, for those of you who don't know, it's a four-day, fully immersive, intensive experience um, of training and educational growth opportunities, both to expand students' uh, traditional leadership skills and capacities, as well as ones that are very specific to the motor vehicle community. So that's my description, selling it, if you will. Uh, what would be your description of the, the overall experience as a starting point? Um, one, I want to say, I think it's a really good networking opportunity mm. to work with other individuals across the country that are doing similar things that we do every day. I think sometimes um, you can get that siloed approach just within your organization, but it was really nice to hear and to be able to have relationships formed with other professionals and leaders throughout the country. Um, but it really, in my opinion, was very simplistic. It was around and enhancing those tools and giving us some new tools that allow us to be more effective at our jobs. So what, let's start with the, the new tools. As you look back on the week and you think about your toolbox for leadership and, and management, um, let's start talking about some of the new tools that you walked away from the week with that whether you expect it to or not, it's irrelevant. You have them now, they're new tools. What's the first one? Um, so the one that really stood out for me was really the activity that we did on day one, the afternoon of day one, really around um, the improv. Um, so I'm, I took theater in high school and middle school, so didn't know if I would ever kind of come back to that improv arena. Um, but when you think of leadership and when you kind of read the agenda and say, hmm, improvisation, how is this going to really connect to what we do? Um, I think that is one of the biggest things that I kind of walked away with. And it was really designed around how do you create those collaborative spaces how do you create those spaces where everyone feels that they have a voice and you're really fostering open communication to really allow you to be the best idea generator? Um, so one thing that I walked away with is yes and. Um, it sounds very mm -hmm. simple, but mm -hmm. when I'm engaging in conversations, not necessarily coming from the perspective of a, a yes but, which could be a little closed off. Right. Uh, had some really self-reflection around that piece when, you know, whether it's a peer, whether it's, um, you know, a leader or whether it's, you know, just um, an associate that's coming in, really being able to have that yes and conversation that is going to foster the best level of communication for whatever the task at hand may be. Mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty eye-opening for me. And a part of that exercise really focused in on the quiet voice or the voice that you may not hear that's in the room. And then how do you begin to focus in on that voice um, from two things? One, not necessarily reading sometimes too much into it, but also being able to how can you pull some things out of it? So that's been something that honestly I was able to bring back into my, I think, 10 a.m. meeting today. Oh, wow. Full meeting, um, which I think is always a little bit tough. But from that activity, I had practical things that I began to apply in that session immediately upon my return back to the um to the and did you see a change in dynamic i mean you used it right away did you see kind of a it might have been subtle to everybody else or even not apparent to everybody else but did you see yourself able to start to, to move that needle a little bit yes i'm um, about 20 minutes in the conversation the first 20 minutes were as usual um, yeah very much led by myself um one other person really chiming in but about that 25 minute mark i begin to change my verbiage with some yes and type words yeah. and the last half of the conversation we literally um as you sometimes experience with teams 
people talking on top of each other, yeah. attempting to kind of get into the conversation. And that was very nice to see. So, in, in a positive way on top of each other, positive. cutting people off like, oh, yeah, I got an idea and I got an idea. Let me add this. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, what's another tool? New tool in the toolbox. Um, the other one that I really felt was, well, there were really two, and I'll yeah. kind of start with this one. Um, so we did an assessment, and I've done assessments in prior jobs, um, really kind of those personality assessments, how sure. we should leaders. Like a Myers-Briggs and that yes. kind of stuff, yeah. Myers-Briggs. So this was the DISC assessment, um, mm -hmm. my first time doing it, and it really honed in on who we are and our personalities at our core. Um and so my truth moment at first, when we kind of went through the results and I'm reading some of the descriptions, I'm like, this is not me. <laughs> I'm not bought in yet. This is not me. But as we kind of went through the class and really honed in on when you don't think about how you show up, this is who you show up to be at its core. And I begin to really think of not only professional, but personal. Wow. OK, Madison, this is you. When you're not putting any thought into how you arrive at a meeting, mm -hmm. this is your personality. But the impactful piece of that is I begin to think about others in my organization and how they may identify. Mm -hmm. And that becomes impactful because it changes how I then engage with those individuals. Mm -hmm. um, so not to really go into a lot to teach the lesson, but when you know where someone is showing up from their perspective, mm -hmm. it gives you insight as a leader to engage and meet them where they are, not necessarily coming from a different, from a different um, mm. viewpoint. And so... As we were going through it and later that afternoon, I really spent some time thinking about my peer group. All right, can I classify where they may be on this spectrum? Mm -hmm. And how would I then utilize this, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one engagement or a group setting to further the mission of our administration? Mm -hmm. I really found that one to be very value added. You said something interesting at the beginning there, which is it's who you are when you don't think about it. Yes. So it's almost as if it's it's the default setting. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it could be adjusted. Yes. Did, did you get into that conversation around uh, the personality types, especially in DISC? I think it's true that it's a lot about this is the, the, the natural default DNA. However, once you recognize that, you can flex the style you are, to your point, to meet the other types of people that might need a different style. And it's um, perhaps it's incumbent on the leader to be the one to be able to flex, to meet, you know, the folks that you're managing or coaching or trying to lead through a project. Yeah, I think that was key. And we spent, I think we closed today doing an activity where we kind of partnered with someone that was the opposite, mm. how we showed up. And it gave us the opportunity to see, to your point, what does that engagement look like? How can I begin to maybe do some things to adapt, to flex my style for the overall outcome of what it is that we're looking for? And I mean, personally, I could reflect and see where I have adjusted, where I have flexed my style, depending on yeah. the situation or depending on um, the meeting or, right. you know, the mission at hand. And what makes that so key? Sometimes I think it happens almost on autopilot. But when you go through an activity like this, you can now be purposeful in how we do it. And I think once we go from being necessarily not just reacting to the situation, but now being purposeful and proactive, I think the results that can be attained are almost endless. Mm. When we're now shifting our mindset that I'm just not going to show up and react to that. But now I have a tool in my toolbox that allows me to really be purposeful in the mission that I'm going for.
Right. And the other piece I think that's fascinating about it is it helps you figure out how you might have to communicate differently with people. It ties yeah. together the first piece you were talking about with the yes and, and then knowing how to adjust that communication style based on the type of person that's perceiving the communication. You know, some things, very, very basic things like who do I need to be very direct with because yes. they want to be direct and they don't not have to worry about hurt feelings versus folks who... I need to be sensitive, even though I might be a direct communicator, it may not be received the way I intended it to be received. And I should be mindful of that. Exactly. Very so right. what, what, what disc style were you or are I, you? Um, <laughs> I was an S it was interesting. A lot of the class felt I was more of the S I uh-huh. uh, sometimes how I may show up um, in certain sessions that we had. Um, but my default setting would be an S. Okay. And that surprised you at first, and then you started to understand it, and you're like, okay, I, this is me. Yes. <laughs> a little hesitant at first, but um, as we kind of got through the activity, I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. This is <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned also that you got some new tools. We talked about a couple enhancing some tools. Did you feel, feel like there were some things, we all have things that we naturally pride ourselves on. You know, I'm a strong leader, especially in X area. I'm really good at this set of skills. Did you go into one of these parts of the week on, you know, I, this is one area where I'm pretty confident on. I'm not much, I'm not sure there's much more I can learn here. It's natural. It's not egotistical. It's something we should all be proud of. Uh, yet, nevertheless, like, oh, I was able to take my, what I thought was a sharp knife and make it even sharper. Yeah, I think for me, that will be um, how we spent closing out the week was really around kind of the coaching conversations. Mm-hmm kind of talking through whether you want to have that directive or that supportive coaching style. Um, so I love associate development. I love developing talent. So that was one kind of look and said, okay, the last day would be a good day. Um, I'll probably hear some things I've heard before, yeah. uh, you know, kind of um, refine some things, but that'll be a good day. But I think that was the one that I went in thinking that I'm the most comfortable here. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me um, in that session or really kind of brought it back to my remembrance is we sometimes tend to think of a directive coaching style. as not necessarily having positive attributes assigned to it, um, that the directive style necessarily doesn't foster that. Um, mm. But as we kind of got into some conversation amongst the class and with the instructor that led the discussion, I think we all kind of had those light bulb aha moments. There's a place in our business for that style. Um, there's, there's a need for that type of coaching in everything that we do and kind of how we show up. And I think, and I could see it amongst our small group that I was in with my other um, five peers, you know what? It's not necessarily a bad thing if we applied this appropriately. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Kind of coming out of that, when you sometimes think of coaching, you really think of, I want the buy-in, you know, I want them to really be, to help lead the conversation for the person that I am trying to coach. But there's also a need for that directive approach. And it was kind of good to kind of have that light bulb moment, that aha moment, mm-hmm. to see how we take this back and then incorporate this into what we do from that coaching perspective. So, uh, Matt, as you look back on on the week, uh, what are what are the other highlights that maybe we haven't haven't mentioned that if you were sitting down with somebody telling them about my the Madison's experience at Leadership Academy and why someone else should want to do it, not unlike the conversations you probably had with your predecessors that came from Maryland. I'm sure there will be more. 
what are the what are the other highlights you would say? Hey, here's here's some reasons you're going to want to apply for this. Um, I think you know some of the things that the content you can definitely tell that I think the AMBA staff really put some time and thought <clears throat> into the content and the sessions. But I think one of the things that you can't put a value on would be the relationships that you mm. go. Um, so I know a lot of times when you sign up for trainings, you know you have that expectation that I'm going to gather something from the training. But when you really take um, our class of 18 individuals, I mean, it was four days, but we all have been emailing today. So there's a thread that we've had going on literally all day with an email. And so you we form now these relationships with others across the country that we can expand on our network. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm dealing with an interlock issue, I now have someone that I can call who oversees interlock for their state, who can right. give me some insight into what they're doing. Um, and what I love so much is it's not just the DMV, but we had two law enforcement professionals right. that were in our class that we're now able to tap in as that added resource. So if I had to really encourage anyone to want to do this, I think the content is phenomenal. I think when you show up and you want to put something in it, you're going to gain something from it. But it goes so much more beyond the eight to five in the classroom session. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so much more that we're building those relationships and expanding that network. And you're learning from other people. So it's not just those that led, but we're hearing from our peers and how they show up as leaders. And I think we all took some things away. Wow, I want to take this back and begin to incorporate this in my state. Um, And I think you can't put a price tag on that piece of it. Mm. And it's the class is very <clears throat> diverse backgrounds, diverse roles. What I mean by that is, yes, they're all from AMVA member agencies, not only the mix of DMV and law enforcement, but I suspect you had folks from all the different types of areas of DMVs, right? It wasn't just, you know, field operations folks or driver licensing folks. It was all over the place. And it wasn't just senior. It was it was folks who were in very senior level positions, folks who were in more different types of positions, folks that had been with agencies for decades, some who were newer to the agencies. Yes. I mean, it was literally, I think, everything under the rainbow. Yeah. We had almost every perspective that you could encounter was really represented in the room. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Madison, I know you will uh, continue to tell folks about how wonderful your experience was and encourage them to consider applying for the Leadership Academy in in future years. We had hoped to have a couple of your other classmates with you to chat today, but, you know, we've had some technical difficulties, but, you know, that that happens. That's okay. We'll get them back in a future time. Anything else as we close out about the Leadership Academy that is your decompressing from the week and your sifting through your thoughts that we might want to wrap up with? Um, The only thing that I would just say to kind of everyone that may be listening to this Regardless of your title, regardless of your role, you are a leader within that organization. Mm. Um, And every day we have the ability to show up and leave an impact, whether it's on the lives of the customers that we interact with or the staff that we help develop and that we teach and train. And so be mindful of that leadership brand. And that's a brand that doesn't have to be set in stone. It's something that you continue to define, that you continue to refine over time. So don't be afraid to have a different brand in two years than you had today. That'll be my closing thought. I like it. Madison, thanks for spending time with us today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you all out there for listening this week to the Amphicast, and thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for Amphicast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. 
visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.